Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis will get to baseball in a second, but that NCAA tournament went from being a snoozer to being really good over this past few days. Yeah, for sure. One of the better weekends in the tournament. And I think we could have seen it coming only because we had a lot of good teams left. You know, unfortunately, when you get very few upsets in the first couple rounds, it does make it less exciting. But what it does do is put good teams into the second weekend and a couple of overtime games, uh, one game just narrowly missing overtime, Michigan State beating Duke by one. So, yeah, it was definitely a, a good weekend especially saturday and sunday of basketball in the tournament by the way duke was on borrowed time i don't know how a they escape ucf and then b they escape virginia tech that was a terrible miss at the end of that game too yeah they did i mean you were watching and you're like how are these baskets not how's the ball not going in the basket for duke's opponents and we knew that it was uh going to be tough for them to continue at that rate and michigan state obviously a very well coached team and uh, that wasn't a surprise. I think a lot of people felt that Duke could lose uh, before getting to the Final Four, and it almost happened a couple of times. And, yes, they have a lot of talent, but they also have some flaws, and uh, it was on display here over the weekend. I, you know, you may agree with me. I don't know. I think the only guy on Duke's team who's ready for the NBA right now is Zion Williamson. I don't know whether R.G. Barrett. I don't know whether Cam Reddish. Those guys look very young to me, Adam. You've got to make some shots. You've got to make your free throws. This is a bad shooting team. And if Zion wasn't there, I think this team loses to UCF by 20. That's how bad they were outside of Zion. Yeah, Zion was really good, obviously, and they needed him desperately. We saw even when he was out in the regular season how they had a difficult time winning games. So, yeah, there's definitely... Some question marks with those guys for sure, especially after the performance over the weekend. Well, I don't know if you're going to bet on this, but I, I would be if I was a betting man, or I, I am, but I just can't be in Florida with the sports books. Man, I like the under in the, in every game. I think these are some of the best defensive teams. Texas Tech and Michigan State. That game could be under 120. I mean, I think that game's at like 130. Virginia, that, that game could be under, uh, I, I think that's going to be a low-scoring game too. I, I'd be shocked if any of these games go over 125. Yeah, typically this year in college basketball, I notice the under hit quite often. So we know how good a, a defensive team Virginia is. So I haven't even looked at the numbers yet, but uh, yeah, I could see that happening. They were out. Oh, Vegas Whispers had it out. Let me see if I could find it. It was really shocking here. Give me a second. It was, oh, can't, it was like one, one thirty-five. Oh yeah, here it is. One thirty-two. Michigan State, Texas Tech. One thirty-two and a half, and then Virginia Auburn was one thirty and a half. Man, I, I'm I be Texas Tech and Michigan only was like a was a was under close to a hundred. Yeah, I'd have to look into it more. I 
didn't really start looking at it yet. Yeah, take a look at that one. I like the unders. So here's another piece of news. I know it's not baseball related, but I don't know if you have this on Facebook, Adam. Have you seen that they're trying to set up a lawsuit? Uh, attorneys are going after FanDuel and DraftKings for, for rigging contests. Did you see that? I saw some type of headline. I didn't click and read the story. It seemed like it was like one of those bull crap stories but i don't know i didn't read it so no so i read it so it was a real story it's a real law firm and what they're claiming is the following they're claiming that FanDuel and DraftKings, in their advertising duped people to think that they could win a million dollars when in fact you're going up against people who are brilliant with 150 teams and computer algorithms that it's false advertising that people could win i think they're wrong on that i mean could anyone win a million dollars? Yeah, it's possible, but we've always said it. The likelihood is you're not. So it's just like any other advertisement. I don't see the valid the val, uh, how that's being valid. Well, I mean, I think they ha- the, the crazy thing is... I so think they're that- supposed to do an advertisement and say, all right, here's your chance to win a million dollars, but you're going to go against people with programs. Max lineups of 150. You're not going to do that in advertising. I mean, part of you, a job as a consumer, is you cannot take everything that you see at face value. You have to do research and dig in. Well, that that's absolutely true. I'll tell you one thing though that I was duped years ago. Do you remember um, Draft Street? Yes. I okay. don't think I played on it much. I remember it though. Draft Street was the first one with a really good algorithm. I mean, they they every they updated their algorithm every night, as opposed to FanDuel and DraftKings, who were kind of lazy. So do you remember when they said you could get up to a $100 bonus on Draft Street? So I put in $100, and I was like, all right, where's my 100 bucks? And, they, and you, of course, you don't get it that way. You know, you get like five. For every dollar you spend, you get 5% or something like that up to 100 It was something really ridiculous. So basically, if I spend $100, I get a dollar or something like that into my account up to 100 bucks. Right, and I called up and I went crazy. I said, "You said that I get a hundred dollar bonus. I put on a hundred. Where's my hundred? I actually they gave me a hundred, Adam, which is crazy. I must have made a real mess on the phone because you probably know, yeah. I, I could they do said, something. Let's like that. just <laughs> let's just get this guy out yeah, of the way. Shut this dude up because I'm a little nuts like that. But that was the one time that I thought I was duped out there because that whole bonus when you can get up to a hundred percent bonus that they don't tell you how they squeeze you out of that over over like six to six months to a year. Right, yeah, and there's a lot of those things that occur at sites, and you really have to read the fine print to make sure what is being said is actually true. But this one, this case, see, I can validate it where most people join FanDuel or DraftKings, and you play in the Million Dollar Maker, and you're like, okay, I put, I bought five teams. I don't think you realize. See, that's the problem. You don't realize that other people are putting in 150 teams, and you don't realize that these people have computer algorithms. So are you supposed to know that beforehand, or you, is that your due diligence to know that? That's your due diligence. I mean, just click on the contest and read everything. It says a maximum of 150 entries. So obviously, anything with advertising, it's always going to make it more appealing. They have to make it favorable because you want people to buy in. But winning a million dollars in anything is never supposed to be easy. So if you think, oh, I know sports. Oh, I'm just going to click on this and put in a lineup for a day, and I'm going to win a million. I mean, come on. That's not the real world. That's not how it works. So, you know... I think the average person in the world is not very sharp, and advertisers know this because I always would sit there and I'd be like, 
how is there so much money in advertising? Because I don't believe any of this stuff. Like, you can't sell me on anything. Now, once in a while, there's a food commercial. All right, I haven't thought about having Burger King for a while. All right, I'm going to go. <laughs> that Whopper you know, looks pretty good. Right. right, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that. But most of the time, like, it doesn't, I'm not sold on it. And I think to myself, like, okay, if they're pumping this much money and paying for this, it's got to work. And then I'm like, well, you know what? The average person can be persuaded. And they sit there and... So uh, they obviously have to do it to make it appealing. And if you see $1 million prize playing fantasy sports and you're a sports fan, you never play. You're like, oh, well, I know. Sp well, even, even the worst fantasy player thinks they're the best. Well, did I ever tell you about my little cousin? So my, my older cousin calls me and he says, David loves basketball. And I gave him $50 to play on FanDuel. I said, please make sure that he doesn't lose it in the first night. He goes, no, no, David really knows basketball. I go, I know he knows basketball, I get that, but he's gonna lose his shirt. Within a week, they lost they lost 100 bucks, and then he stopped playing. I'm like, because you don't know how to play, right? You don't know which games to play, you don't know how to, how to pick. You, I mean, the problem is this, I've always said the argument is, there's no education on these sites. You should be able to go on to DraftKings and FanDuel and have them give you some sort of tutorial maybe uh, to educate you how to play. I think that's the real problem here is that people put in a hundred bucks, they think they have a chance to win, and maybe they do, but it's a microscopic chance because nobody teaches them how to play correctly. Well, I mean, I think there's other places for that. You know, obviously, I think that's what we try and do, and there's a lot of places out there. I don't know if they have to do that. I mean, they are putting content out there, so uh, maybe they can do that. I don't know. It's a, it's a fine line of what to do. I mean, when you walk into a sports book, are you supposed to have someone teach you how to play too? You know, it's no, I guess that's true. I mean, the truth of the matter is I don't think there's any way they win this lawsuit. And if they win this lawsuit, I'm telling you what they're going to win. Like free money on DraftKings and FanDuel. People are like, here, here's 100 bucks on DraftKings. That's I'll probably what they're going to settle for. I'll take it. I know. That's why I thought I'd sign up. <laughs> Maybe I could get some, They'll either kick me off FanDuel or DraftKings or they'll give me some free money for just signing up. I, I just, don't know. I mean, look, if it's a reputable law firm and the you know, lawyers always think they have a case. Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is the law firm. Right. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably sure it is. <laughs> but that, you know, they always think they could have a case. You remember, just because something is won in court doesn't mean it's right. We've seen it throughout history. So. No, that's true. I don't think this case wins. I think that DraftKings and FanDuel have very, very deep uh, pockets and they'll find the best lawyers. And I don't, I'd be shocked if this go, they win more than two bucks, any of these people. Yeah, I would be surprised too. I just, don't, I think it's the person's responsibility. I mean, it's like the lotto, too. You see this commercial for lotto. Are you supposed to just play numbers and win $400 million? It doesn't now, work like that. You've been in New York your whole life. Wasn't there a, a commercial, you got to be in it to win it? That was the lotto commercial when I was a kid. you got to be in it to win it. Yeah, something like that. And it was all, and you know what it was? It was just going to be in it to win it, New York Lotto. And he, they were right. You just got to play and maybe you win. So they didn't offer you. I mean, just because somebody, there's $750 million in Powerball doesn't mean you're going to win, right? There's no guarantee. You could win it. Like, what was the phrasing with the million-dollar prize that showed people that they were going to win? You know, I, I had it on, on I, but I wasn't able to, to open it up. I, I opened it up earlier this week. 
sign up for compensation. It's not opening, but I, I had it. That they, they were basically, they outlined something like FanDuel and DraftKings uh, uh, made, made outrageous statements by trying to say that people could win when they knew as a, that people had more. You know, they, they, they knew there were people with algorithms and they knew there were people with max entries and that the truth was you did, it wasn't, you didn't have a fair shake. That's what their comment, that what it came down to, was that you didn't have a fair chance to win the million. I believe there have been people who have won on one entry without algorithms. So. I know, and I think that's the... Uh, right, so here, Jeff Manns writes, yes, it's a real lawsuit, but it's not true. Just a bunch of people that lost trying to find an excuse. Probably. I mean, that's what happens in life a lot of times. People are looking, whenever something goes wrong, they're quick to blame someone else. I mean, remember, remember the McDonald's hot coffee? I mean, that lawsuit? Oh, the coffee was too hot. Yeah, but the, didn't the guy win? I think so. I mean, yeah. really? Now, <laughs> that was on I, a Seinfeld episode, right? And, and now you see all the coffee cups that con contents are hot. Beware or something like that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I wanted a cold cup of coffee. So I should Actually, did you, did you read that you can get esophageal, esophageal cancer if your coffee or your tea is too hot? No, I didn't. Well, you can get, I mean. I, Just be careful. So you, I know you, you don't want it too hot. No, you can I don't. Your throat. No, I don't like it too hot. I obviously let it cool down. I'm not one of those people who likes it scalding hot. Nah. Right, just be careful, Adam. I'm here to save your life. Okay? Yeah, thanks. But, but there was a big report of that. We went out to dinner with my parents the other night, and my dad's like, "I'm gonna have coffee." I go, "Be careful," because of that. He's like, "I didn't read that." I go, "Trust me." He goes, "Because those things, just like you know, they they come up out of nowhere, right? And you don't even know what they are." But that whole thing with McDonald's was a big thing, and Dunkin', I think it was Dunkin' Donuts too, where the coffee was too hot. Yeah, but what are they supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, you should know the coffee's hot. You could just see it too. All right, I'm gonna, I see the, I see the, uh, the the heat coming out. I'm just gonna chill and wait a second. No, let me try and uh, spill it on me. I mean, I wouldn't even think this too if I spilled it on myself and it was too hot. I'd be like, ah, oh, it's my fault. I, or unless they messed up the lid or something. Well, have you another side to this? Have you seen this new show on Showtime called Action? You know what? I recorded the first episode last week. I Did was you watch about, it? No, not oh, yet. And I know good, there was dude. a new episode last night. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's really good. It has to do with sports gambling, correct? Totally, 100%. And there's one guy who's a big part of it. Well, there's different people that they're focusing on. One guy basically doesn't even watch the games. He just bets because he just cares about the mathematical certainties of it. Sounds one, like some people in DFS. Yeah, no, no, this, exactly. And it was scary. Like, these guys know nothing about the game, but they know about math, and that's why they win. Then there's this guy, Vegas Dave, who's like some real crazed dude who he charges like $500 for his whale picks and stuff like that. Then there's some girl uh, that, they're, that they're talking about, and she's talking about being beautiful and being a gambler and being taken seriously. It's a pretty good show. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. A lot of crazy, uh, crazy things happen with just addiction and people going to these sports books and betting their lives on it, dude. And they're, I'm assuming, having success if they're on this show. Well, they're not showing you that way. They're showing that people can be both successful and unsuccessful. And what it leads to being that you get this high from playing it and people do it for that, for the endorphins. Right. I mean, I think that's uh, usually in life everyone has something that they get high off of, whether it's sports, gambling, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is. I think everyone has something, right? Right, but they, that's absolutely true. But then they said something where 
they ask, is your life better or worse? Like, is the low, are the lows from losing worse than the highs from winning? And they, they ask a lot of really good questions. But of course, when they show you pictures of the people in the sports book, dude, there's like nobody you'd ever want to sit near. Everybody's <laughs> a little, is disgusting. People look like they haven't bathed in months. Yeah, because they've been sitting in the sports book for four days straight. Yeah, no. So you're like, I don't want to be near any of those people. Those people are scaring me. But I'll tell you this. This guy, Vegas Dave, and you'll see it in the first episode, he has these whale picks, right? He charges $500 for them. So he's got about a million followers between Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. He goes and he goes to the TV. He goes, I'm going to get watch this in one minute how much money I'm going to get. He got $180,000 in one minute, Adam. Uh, gamblers are people that you can take advantage of. Yeah, Hundred and eighty thousand in one minute to get his place. Does he have a track record? Does it show his, his record and how he does? Like how he must. Well, in episode well. in episode two, he they show a thing where he gives Syracuse minus two and Missouri minus two, and he he's sweating because Syracuse wins it in overtime, but he ends up winning, and then all these people win. And so, they, I mean, he, he does pretty well. He's like in his fancy car and a fancy house, fancy everything. But it shows you what, what's going on there. It's crazy. It's a crazy, it's a crazy life. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he got that following so big. All right, well, we'll talk more about it when we come back. It's a really interesting show. If you haven't seen it, it's called Action, and it's on Showtime. And I highly recommend it. So DVR, check it out. But we'll discuss more about it. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronis, and we'll be right back right after this. Mid Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Rain dance! Make it rain. When you've got Zion Williamson on the court, the final six minutes, the fact that he only gets one shot off and you're not running it through him, I don't, I forever will not understand it. If I'm a Duke fan, that's what I want to know the answers to this morning is, why didn't Krzyzewski call a timeout and say, listen, we are going to live and we are going to die, but it's going through Zion. It's not going through R.J. Barrett. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. 
for Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Rode along with Adam Ronas. Remember, guys, you want to play football year-round? DynastyKing.com. That's right, DynastyKing.com. I'm on the website right now. You know what I see here? I see the Dynasty Football World Championship, and I know that you guys can start playing. As And, the uh, you know, we orphans are on sale now, so you can take a look in the forums. So, I mean, there's orphans out there. There's still good teams. Be part of Dynasty. If you like playing football, if you want to know what Dynasty is, right, it's the fastest-growing segment in all of fantasy sports because the concept is simple. You draft your startup team, you compete all year, and you keep your entire team the following year. You add to your team in the offseason through the annual rookie and free agent draft, which occurs immediately after the NFL draft. It's a great way to get started. You want to play football year-round, DynastyKing.com. Check it out. Adam, I hope that you'll be doing so. Yeah, I will check it out if I'm eligible. <laughs> That's a, You're too good. Ronis is too good. He's not allowed to play. No, I didn't right. say that. No, I'm joking. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> All right. So getting back to this. So this whole thing with action, dude, is that they, they follow these, these people and they talk about the fact that gambling is shooting through the roof in terms of making money. And it's like, I don't know how all states are not going to turn to, I mean, I know that it's been legalized by the Supreme Court, but not all states have embraced it. But the states who have are making tons of money, Adam. Of course. I mean, the numbers have come out. I'm surprised that still so many states are still kind of stuck in the middle and not pursuing this more. I mean, obviously, I'm in Jersey where it is legal, and they've seen a big uptick, and it's just so easy. I can just hop on my phone anytime I want, whether it's in-game, making a live bet, or just anytime I want. And it's just so simple and easy. Now, I still need to go to the FanDuel Sportsbook because it's actually – like five miles from my house. Oh, you can't do yet. FanDuel on your phone? No, I can. Oh, but I'm can. saying okay. I want to. I want to check out the sports book in person. I mean, it's near me. You know? yep. So that's definitely something that I'll have to do in the next few weeks to to check it out for sure. But yeah, I got Fan, FanDuel on the phone, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, points bet. It's just so simple, you know? and you can look at the different sites. Sometimes the odds vary a little bit. Uh, look and shop to get the best odds and make a bet. So. Uh, People were doing this before it was legal anyway. People were finding a way. So you might as well just make it legal for everyone. Well, I mean, they're talking about Atlantic City being re-energized again. I mean, competing with Vegas. Because, I mean, you know, the beauty of Vegas was you could go out and gamble on sports. But now that you can do that in New Jersey, what people from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut don't need to go all the way out to Vegas anymore. Yeah, I know a lot of people from New York who are just taking the train one stop into like the path train into Hoboken or taking Jaguar Lou. I think Jaguar Lou does that. He drives his bike over the bridge, gets (laughs) over, puts it in on his phone and then bikes back. I mean, so, you know, that's that's a way to do it as well. The the sports book for FanDuel, again, is very close. It's right next to MetLife Stadium, which is a quick drive over the city or bus or train ride so it's very accessible and then other states too are starting to build sports books uh, as well i think pennsylvania might have um but yeah there's a couple states where they're all popping up and then uh you would think that some of these uh, other states would follow suit realizing how much money can be made i i think that they show you some of the glamour you know with some of these guys but these guys are betting big there was a guy on today david halpern who literally was showing he was betting like 30, 80,000 to win 30,000. I mean, who's got that kind of money? That, yeah, that's the thing. You don't want to get 
to that. I mean, for most people, it's a little, it's a little extra income potentially. It's fun. You don't want to get into the habit where you're chasing and you're putting up money you don't have. I think that's the biggest thing. And I've had a big debate about this back and forth with my friend who's had a gambling problem in the past, and he thinks it shouldn't be legalized. What's the debate? A what gambling and gambling right. itself he's, shouldn't he's, be legalized? Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, I don't. He's like, I think it's a problem. I'm like, well, where do you draw the line? You know, alcohol, marijuana, like, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, people have to have self-control over themselves. And even if it's illegal, people who are really addicted and have a problem, they're going to find a way to gamble anyway. Well, I mean, oh, so it's interesting you say that. They have this bookie on, and they don't show his face, and they disguise his voice. And he's saying something like, Look, this has been going on for years. I make money no matter what. You know, people are degenerates, and he go, he'll never be out of business. I mean, this guy's like, he's literally the devil. He's literally the devil on TV. But you know what? That he's right. I think it's, you could only protect people for so long, right? But I do think that there should be limits on what people can put in to the sports books, like at FanDuel or DraftKings. Like maybe you could put in no more than three thousand a day or five thousand a day. Maybe there's got to be some sort of limits so people don't literally lose their house. Yeah, but what about the people who have money and are doing well and have figured out, you know? And again, that's a small percentage. How's it fair to them? What if they these people have money and this is what they're doing as their well, livelihood? Well, that's what this guy says. This guy says he goes. I'm in the 1%. And he goes, if you don't know who, if you don't think you're the 1%, you're not in the 1%. Right. I mean, that's what he's, he was, as he's drinking champagne from the Sky Villa in the Westgate Hotel. This guy's obviously in the, in the, in the half a percent. Right. Like everything in, in life, you know, there's always going to be, you know, a small percentage of people who do make money off something or have success. But I think what needs to be portrayed is that the average person is never going to have the success like that. Well, I think they show you the average people, and they're just one guy is an amateur gambler. Man, he's got no girlfriend. His house is disgusting. It's just dirty. He's a slob. And you look, I mean, they, I, I'm sure they do it on that way for purpose, on purpose. But I mean, this guy's like borrowing almonds from the guy next to him at the sports book. I mean, it's, it's that guy. He's got no life. And you kind of, you, you feel badly as you watch it. But I, I think that's what it's meant to do is to show you that that's really who's out there and that's who's doing this full time. Yeah, and you just have to figure out who you are and where you stand. And I think a lot of people just do it for a little fun, a little extra income, and know that they're never going to make you know a huge amount of money on it. And if you are fortunate enough to do that and you figured it out and you have a sample size where you win more than you lose, good for you. But as I'm watching it, I thought to myself something interesting. I much rather do fantasy prop bets than I would betting a line of New England minus six against Tennessee does not excite me. It really doesn't. I'm being honest with you. But Tom Brady throwing plus or minus 270, that excites me more. I think I can win that in now. Yeah, and that's always the goal in anything in life is you have to figure out what you're good at, where you can have success, and how you can potentially make money off it. And everyone has a strength and a weakness in fantasy. Some people are great at the draft and they suck at the waiver wire. For some people, it's the inverse. Some people, fortunately, can do both. So you have to figure out what your strength is and go by that. So if you already know, hey, I just, I'm not great at the lines and the over-unders, but player props really work for me. Because essentially what we do in fantasy each week is essentially player props. When you're looking at projections and when we're trying to figure out who to start and sit in fantasy, a lot of it is we're 
going in our heads. Okay, well, I think this guy could go 8 for 50 with a good shot at a touchdown. This guy's got a tough matchup against this corner. He might only go 3 for 40, so we're going to start this guy. So that's essentially what player props are in a way. Uh, so you just got to figure out what your strength is. And uh, like I told you, I've had some pretty good success the NBA this year. I've been tracking it. Uh, I've done it for the last seven weeks, and I'm 79, 60, and four. But you against just, the spread, teams against, against spread? the spread, yeah, yeah. and over unders, no money line. So, but you could see here's the last four weeks. So you could see the up and down. Week week four, 14, seven and one. Week five, 12 and 14. Week six, 17, five and one. And then this past week, 12, 12 and one. So two of the weeks you were my rich friend, right? But to see this, but now. This week, it's so tough. Like last night, I was like, okay, Denver is playing for a top seed. They're tied with Golden State. They're back home. They're playing Washington, who's basically nothing to play for. I think Denver should crush them. Denver scored like 29 points in the second half. This is like the second time in the last week they did that to me. They had a huge lead. I think it was against Detroit, and they scored like under 30 points in the second half and wound up winning by two. So you would think, okay, yeah, that's that's a game that, that should get done, and they go out there and they actually lose at home. And then Golden State goes out there and pummels the Hornets. So this time of year, you know, like tonight, the Knicks are favored. You're probably like, what? <laughs> you know, but they're playing the Bulls, who basically have no one left. Like Who's every, worse than the Knicks, right. Every starter is out. That is a game that I would not touch. I've been betting against the Knicks pretty much every game. I will not even touch that game because I have no idea what's going to happen. The Knicks are taking, the Bulls are taking. That's a game you avoid. But this is the le- you know, we the season ends a week from Wednesday. So now you know you have decisions like the the Bucks. They didn't rule Giannis out yesterday until like ten minutes before the game. Now it was a noon game, but you know that's the problem. And you see a lot of lines move uh, shift late. You know because you're going to have all these well- teams. Ruling it guys out. Like Embiid's shut down. He's not playing. They ruled Jimmy Butler out tonight. LeBron's so gotta, out, right? Yeah, LeBron's resting. But so yeah, this last week of the NBA is very, well, they, very they, tricky. They talk about in the in the show that there could be so they talked about the Arizona State point shaving scandal and they talked about Tim Donaghy, obviously. Uh but they think if they legalize sports betting everywhere, that shady things can happen. And they said that Vegas actually is the greatest regulator because Vegas was the one that caught on to the fact that Arizona State was doing point shaving. So in some ways, maybe the sports need to embrace Las Vegas because Las Vegas can keep everything on the straight and narrow. Yeah, I guess that's the biggest concern, too, is we do want to make sure that everything's legit. And we have seen some shady stuff in the past, so that is definitely a a concern. By the way, speaking of the Knicks, what do you think of this Porzingis thing? So um, did you read any of that? That So the girl, something definitely happened, by the way. She definitely was in that apartment. The guy admitted to having her shoes in his apartment. So something definitely happened. Then something with paying her brother $68,000 for college. I mean, it's getting a little shady there, dude. Uh, someone I know that knows him well says that it's not true. And there's been no police report filed. And... Uh, so I think you need to wait for it to come out. But that none, re- none of it is true or are there elements of truth? That no, that the whole uh, rape allegation is not true. Okay. So well, I hope uh, not. I hope not. So, yeah, I think you kind of have to wait until the facts come out. But, you know, unfortunately, we have seen these cases come up and they're not true. So, you know, when you have money, 
you're in the spotlight like that, you're a target. You got to be real careful. You have to have your cover, self covered with everything. You need the text, the emails, the video. I mean, it's crazy now. And and I think sometimes these guys don't even think about it. They just think like, oh yeah, everything is cool. And then all of a sudden, I mean, because she, she lived in his building, so they obviously knew each other. And the night of his ACL tear, you know? Yeah, and, you would think that he wasn't going to do anything that night. I mean, come on, seriously. Yeah, who, but, I mean, I just wait for the facts to come out. I just, it's... The I, only thing that I did believe was that she left her shoes there, and he basically admitted she did leave her shoes there. But maybe she, she left them there on purpose. I don't know. I right, wasn't I mean, that to me doesn't mean he's guilty. It just means she was there. Right, she was She was definitely there. But did, did they say, did the Knicks tell the Mavericks about any of this stuff? Yes, the Knicks made the Mavericks aware that there was something going on. Okay, because that, that to me is a fantasy owner. Is critical because if you, you know, there's nothing worse than when this guy has something on or maybe he's injured and the guy tries to tell, not tell you about it. I always like to tell somebody about something like that up front because there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. And then if they, if they didn't, then the Mavericks would uh, never trust the Knicks again. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, has that ever happened in your league where people do some shady deals like that? Where people don't, you know, tell people? Or do you think it's caveat emptor, buyer beware, you should know? Uh, I think nowadays news comes out so quickly that I think it's hard to do that, you know, in terms of pulling off like a trade. Like say something we found out, oh, someone's hurt right now. Let me offer this guy a trade. See if he accepts. I think nowadays people will check quickly. Like if you got some offer for a guy right now and you're like, wait a second, what? This is too good to be true. Your first inclination would be like, all right, let me look and see if there's an injury, right? Right. Well, so, that, that's actually happened years ago. I don't know if you remember, Herman Moore broke yes, his leg. The, yeah, the receiver. Right. So all of a sudden, a friend of mine gets a trade offer for Jermaine Crowell, and the, he does the deal. So then my friend calls me and says, hey, I tra- traded Crowell for something. I go, you know Herman Moore broke his leg. He goes, I didn't know that. Now, this was a long time ago, right? This right. is before we had all the stuff. He goes, that guy's a dirtbag. I'm never going to trade with him again. Like, he felt totally duped. And then I said to him, look. You should have said, I like the trade. Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Do your homework and then say yes. Yeah, and I think nowadays that just won't happen. I think people will immediately be like, okay, let me make sure if this guy is healthy. I don't know. This trade seems a little odd. Why would he be doing that? Again, depending on the player. So I think nowadays it just, I don't see it happening anymore. I can't recall it happening in any of my leagues anytime in the last couple of years. And I just think those days are over just because we have instant access. People could just... Wherever you are, work, taking a walk, out with your kids, everyone has access, internet on their phone. So you get that trade-off you'd be like, hmm, that's interesting. Why would you offer that? Google the guy's name. Oh, he's hurt. Oh, okay, you're trying to do this to me? F you. And then, you know, that's the problem is if you try to do that, you got to prove that, no, I sent that off before the news came out. Well, there's a timestamp. So <laughs> if not, you damage a relationship with someone and, you know, you're never going to trade with that team. And the other part is that guy might be like, you know what? I'm going to, this guy's battling for the money. I'm going to trade this guy to his opponent. You know, well, you, you well, don't want that to happen. Did I ever tell you that? So I made a trade offer to some team, and this guy goes, I hate your offer so much. This is so insulting. I'm going to go make a trade with your, the guy you're competing with and hopefully, hope he wins. So he says to me, I'm like, really? You've, you made worse offers to me all the time. I couldn't believe how he overreacted, but some people are vindictive like that, Adam. Oh, they are. Like I think I told you too. When we used to have years ago in my baseball league, we had vetoes, and uh, one guy in the league was like, 
Yeah, I veto every trade. I don't want to see anyone get better. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I'm getting rid of this now because that's not what the purpose of it was. And we all know that. If you have a blind vote, it's human nature for a lot of people. They're going to just be like, oh, <laughs> I don't want this guy to get better. Veto. Well, I, I, speaking of trade, I, I spoke to Ian Khan yesterday on the phone for about an hour talking trade. We did it old school style. He's a good dude, right? He's a very good dude, but he's very clever, and I think he thought I wasn't clever until he realized, I'm Dr. Roto, nice to meet you. Because then I think when he realized he wasn't getting over on me, we kind of laughed about it, and, and that was it. It was okay, but it was good, it was good healthy trade talk. I, you know, I, I, I re, it's like, you know when you're talking to someone, you look in the mirror, and you're like, dude, I know what you're doing, and so you can't get away with it. But it was, right. it was good stuff. But I said, I said, Rona says you're one of the best players out there, so that's a big compliment. I never said that. You said he's nah, a good player. I said he's, I, you just said, I said he's one of the best. Yes, you said he's a better player than you are. And I didn't not, say that. I no, mean, no. he won the league we were in together last year. But uh, No, I said, I said Adam hates everybody and doesn't think anybody's good, but he thinks you're good. So nah, that's a compliment. No, nah, nah, he, he's good. Like I said, we've been next to each other in the auction, you know, commenting on players. It seems like we share a lot of similar thoughts. I don't know if we bid it. Did we have a bidding war this year? I remember last year it was Jose Martinez. We might have had... He loves Shohei Otani, man. He went, he like went crazy for him in that auction. Oh, really? Well, he, he, he likes certain guys more than I did, and I wasn't valuing it the way he did. He's like, well, I don't want to trade you this guy because you don't value him like I do. I go, well, what can I tell you? I, I mean, he's not worth what you think he's worth. You know? So we, it was very hard because he had like, his players were too good and mine were too good. And we couldn't find the mix. That then it sense. happens sometimes. Sometimes there's just not a fit for a trade. You know, you know that relatively quickly. You look, you're like, yeah, I would love to make a trade. This guy reached out to me, but we're just not compatible. We don't have the pieces to trade. Right. He knew exactly what he wanted to offer, and I wasn't taking it. All right, we'll talk more baseball when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. 
the morning after. We're seeing these games. It comes down to a free throw, a call. Somebody steps out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Are you really getting the best team, or is it really just sort of musical chairs, uh, Russian roulette, and uh, Duke caught a bullet? Most of the time, I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, ah, look at Duke. You know, you got to kind of felt for the kids yesterday. You know they wanted it, but they'll have big piles of money and stacks of money to sleep on for years to come. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we are back with Scout Fantasy Sports. And with Major League Baseball season now in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become their eighth $1 million winner or another one of the countless number of people who have won hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars using DailyRoto.com to help set their DraftKings or FanDuel MLB lineups. And if you're playing MLB DFS and not using Daily Roto, you're just doing it wrong. So enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have already produced millions in DFS winnings. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Um, So Adam, have you played MLB DFS yet? Yeah, on Friday on Yahoo. That was the only day I played so far. How'd you do? Uh, I did. They had a twenty-dollar tournament with overlay okay. and um, no management fees. So it was, I did two entries. I broke even. Man, Yahoo is just all about no fees, overlay. They're just trying to get people to come over. To them. I I think they've done a great job. I really do. I actually like their product and I actually play on their. You know, I've done uh, most of my NBA play has been on there um, since uh, they started it, probably around December. So I've played on it a lot, and now I'll uh, I'll see what they do for baseball and maybe uh, put a little action on there. And uh, I know they're not as big as the other sites, but uh, I think they've done a, a really good job to try and get people over. I mean, anytime – I mean, they have at least one contest every night with no management fee. How can no, you that's play big. on there? Yeah, I know it's big. It's huge, and it's I'm really smart support, business. I'm going to support that. Right? No, it's really smart business to bring people over. I totally get it. I mean, the other side's VIGs are, 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 you know, they're standard, but they're high. Why would I want to pay anybody a management fee if I didn't have to? Right. So, uh, and I like the product. I mean, for basketball, uh, you know, the salary cap's different. It's $200. Uh, I think it's the same for baseball. And uh, they have late swap, too, which is really good, especially in basketball. So, yeah, I like the product. Uh, I've definitely talked about it quite a bit. And, uh I'll continue to support them as long as they uh, continue to run these contests. I haven't seen – I know I think they had one for, for baseball. They don't have any. They do have a PGA um, no management fee, 2,000 entries, $5 entry fee for this week. Uh, I would play. 10,000 in prizes. I can't play. I wish I could. I don't know why it's locked out to me in it's, Florida. Like, it, how how stupid is it in these different states? Like, it, I can play FanDuel and DraftKings. I can't play Yahoo. It, it's I don't understand it. I just don't. <laughs> it makes no sense. Is it because Yahoo has to pay a fee in the state and they're not paying it? It's possible. It? I don't know, but it's possible. I, I, I don't know. It makes no sense. I, I mean, can do two and not the same thing with the Fantasy Football World Championships, where right now we're not legal in Jersey. And right. You know, it seems like we will be. But you're going to be, I think. But right. if we, once we pay the fee, I think you will be. Right, and I guess they've lowered some of the standards, but it's so stupid. That's the problem is these guys don't understand 
how fantasy works and they lump in the seasonal with DFS and they don't understand the seasonal doesn't net the profit that the DFS. Well, because you have congressmen that have no clue what they're doing, who are making rules and legislations about things they have no idea about. I know. It's It's embarrassing. It really is. And that we have to send people like Stacey Stern to educate them because nobody, they, they, they lack the education. And I really believe that. What is it? Some staffer on there has an idea who may have played once, thinks he knows, and he's telling the, the uh, senator what's going on. It's really, it's really bad, Adam. It really is. And it hurts the consumer. It does. I mean, look, we, this goes back to our original conversation earlier. We should have the right to play. It's my choice whether I want to play or not. Now, if you want to put limits in there, I can only play a certain number of teams, this money, that's fine. But it is my right to play, and I want to play. I agree. I, I don't understand why uh, they do this. I mean, it's fantasy sports, man. Let us spend the money the way we want. I will say this, though. I played baseball like three days now. I just forgot. I mean, I've won a couple of times, but I've forgotten how hard it is because I'm only playing like two, two teams maybe each night. And it's hard. One one time I do like a contrarian stack, and then one time I do you know whatever I want to play. But man, I wish I could play twenty, thirty, forty, a hundred teams. It'd be so much easier to win money. It would be nice, of course. It doesn't guarantee it, but obviously you can cover a lot of your bases. You know, this way uh, you'd probably have a Dodgers stack, and obviously the Dodgers have been going off in the first few games of the year. So, yeah, it is always nice to cover more bases, uh, especially in baseball, because. There's so many bad lineups right now. I had tweeted out over the weekend saying you were, people are going to get duped into thinking these pitchers, some of them, are really good when they're just going against these absolute dreadful lineups right now. Some of the lineups being run out on these teams on a daily basis, it's so bad. But there's some bad pitchers too. I mean, David Hess, Sean Reed Foley, Ryan, Ryan Stanek. Well, because I mean, now we're, 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 we're doing fifth starters today, basically, for some teams because the season opened Thursday – I know a lot of teams had off Friday. Uh, some teams are off today. But now we're getting into the fourth, fifth starters where it's even worse. But we saw a lot of good performances over the weekend from some uh, surprising pitchers. And I think part of it is some of these really bad lineups that are being run out there. But I know the Orioles took two out of three from the Yankees, which was nice. Did you hear Mish was talking about it this morning? That you could get four, It was like 400 to one odds or something like that? that no, they what, 100 won you 400. To, if you, if, yeah, if you played them. Played the Orioles, Orioles to win yesterday. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, those odds are. I mean, it's probably going to be. Well, today it might be. It might be similar against Detroit. I would. I would think. See, that's that's why it's always tough. Like with baseball on a given day, like oh, the Yankees are a lock to win today. I'm going to bet them, and then it's like you put a hundred to win eight. You know, like, I wouldn't play. I honestly, if I were telling people what to do, I have no problem betting. Like the Yankees to win over under 90 games. But tonight, whether Domingo Herman is going to beat Tyson Ross, I don't want to bet that. They're actually not huge favorites. It's only minus 220. So if yeah. you bet $20, you win 920. Yeesh. That's not so good. What's the, what's the best odds I can get tonight? The best odds yeah. on a game? Yeah. Well, the, if you think the Tigers oh. will beat the Yankees, it's plus 185. Okay. Uh, Orioles against the Blue Jays is plus 155. Okay, not bad. Uh, the Rangers against the Astros, plus 148. I might take that one. Unless uh, you love Brad Peacock. I, I like Brad Peacock. 
It's in Texas where the ball's been flying out. So maybe I know. Bat, Astros bats wake up. I know they lost out of four to Tampa, but I think Tampa's a good team. I had them make it in the playoffs. Tampa is a good team. But do you like Drew Smiley tonight against Peacock? Uh, no. All right. Is there any other one that's uh, high? Uh, plus 180 for the Giants against the Dodgers, and that's Drew Pomerantz against Urias? Nah. But Urias is not going to go nine innings. It doesn't matter. The Giants can't score, though. Literally nah, can't score. That, that's such a dreadful team, and I don't know if Evan Longoria is going to be back. Not like it really matters, but he is actually a professional hitter. But You like Matt Strom tonight? Yes. The one thing is he probably won't go deep into the game, too. I, know. I think his last outing in the spring, but in all the leagues I have him, um, using him. So uh, so who would your pitchers be tonight? I like Strong, but I think he's going six innings tops. Well, I think our, I think we're in that position with a lot of pitchers right now anyway. Well, that's probably true. And if I look at all these guys, I don't see a guy I like out there so much better than him, to be honest with you, in tonight's games. Strom and Urias are probably two of my favorites, and Mats. I know the Marlins uh, did play well, but they still are not a potent offensive team. I think their pitching is good. Uh, it's kind of sneaky. And they have Caleb Smith on the mound, who's a good pitcher as well. Um, Clevenger obviously would be the guy, but that game's at 4 p.m. Eastern, so right. he's not on the main slate. And then so. the six o'clock games are the six o'clock. I don't think they're on the slate either. Right when it's the six forty start. Usually not. I haven't right. looked to see if they are, but yeah, I mean, there's some talk too that the I haven't. Seen, I, I'm assuming Herman is starting because there was some talk that they might go with an opener and then bring Herman in. Either way, then he'd be fine. But uh, yeah, it's not. This is not a great slate for for pitching tonight. Obviously. So Strom, Strom, and, and Urias. Yeah, those would be a two for and Mats. Those would be the three I look at. Okay, that's probably that's where I was leaning. I was leaning Strom for sure. I like Caleb Smith. I do, but I don't think he can go six innings either. Most of these guys early in the year, you're you're hoping for six out of them. You're just not going to see many guys go deep. I know Alcantara went eight yesterday, um, but you're just not going to see it a lot this early in the year. Do we like, I mean, Peacock is interesting, but that ball does fly out there in Texas. But he could be very, I mean, I could see him getting eight strikeouts, five innings, eight strikeouts, something like that. Yeah, he could. I like him. He's got good stuff. We've seen him have success in starting rotation before. So uh, he's definitely in play. Um, any, any stacks you like tonight? Uh, I think I like, the, I like a Cub stack against Sean Newcomb. Newcomb can't find the strike zone. He's going to be out of the game early. I know. He's going to be up by third inning. It's going to be six runs. I, I, I need a piece of the Cubs there tonight. Yeah, and uh, just check their lineup. I think Schwarber's out. Zobers is out. So you know how the Cubs. So I guess Baez would be a good play. He's off to a good start. I like Amora against the lefty, too. He should lead off. Right. So if I can get Amora, ba Bryant, Baez, something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rizzo does hit lefties well, though. So That's true. Riz is interesting. He, he might not be used. Listella could be a no. I'm, he, he's not on the team anymore. David Bote. Yeah, he, I think he might be in the lineup tonight. Do you do you like playing guys? And so here's an interesting thing. Let me ask you this question here: The Cubs. I like the Cubs tonight, but maybe I can't afford the Bryant Rizzo Baez stack. Am I crazy to go down to a Contreras Bote? You know, like the seven eight, you know, the six seven eight guys, or is that just too few at bats? Yeah, I don't. I typically don't like to do that. But people win with that. I sometimes I'm like, how'd they win? Because well, okay, I, you occasionally know? it doesn't always work. I mean, there's always going to be a night where something out of the ordinary works. 
Right, but that's why I want. I wish I could have like a hundred teams because then I would do three different Cub stacks of like the one, two, four, one, two, five. You know, two, five, six. I would get them all in there. Yeah, I mean, you could cover more bases that way. I know, I know. I'm trying to think of. Um, do you like hmm, David Price tonight against Oakland? The one thing, and we've seen this with the Red Sox, they had, did not push their starters in the spring, and I think that's part of the reason why they're starting off so slowly, where Eovaldi got hammered, Stale got hammered, Rodriguez didn't pitch well. These guys didn't throw many innings in the spring, and they held them back, and part of it was probably because of the deep run in the playoffs and, and winning the World Series, and, but I, I think it's still kind of spring training for these guys, so uh, I probably will not be spending up on Bryce tonight. And, you know, the A's got some big right-handed bats. Chris Davis gotten off to a good start. Piscotti, Simeon. So I'm probably not going to go with Price tonight. I like Mark Canha again, always against a lefty. That guy can hit, can hit very far. Yeah, he's got some pop. I would think he might be in the lineup tonight too. Right? So, so that's, that's always like a contrarian stack. Do you think Price will be heavily owned because people know him? Probably he's the most expensive player, so uh, I could see him being highly owned tonight. Yeah. All right. How'd you do in free agency this weekend? Any big pickups for you? No, nothing major. Got Taylor Rogers in my home league. I thought I would need to go more, but I got him and uh, NFBC auction Kendrys Morales just because I got some injuries and. Needed a bat to fill in, but nothing crazy. I did get Ian Kennedy in a couple leagues. I kind of didn't want him for real cheap. So it looks, it looks like people were not on him, and I can't blame him. And then Yost came out and said Kennedy and Peralta were going to be his guys, but Kyle Zimmer could be interesting as well. Um, you mentioned that. I mean, I, I bid on Kennedy in a couple of leagues. I got him for like 20 bucks, you know, something minor. But I saw you and both Derek Pearson were, were, were preaching Kyle Zimmer. Just because he's a prospect that is finally back. I mean, if you go look at his history, I mean, it's sad, all the injuries he's had. I went back and looked at it year by year. It's like shoulder this, shoulder that. And he finally got in a game over the weekend and was throwing hard. So, you know, it just he seems like he's more of the prototypical profile. The problem is, and I did see some people pick him up, I just don't – you might be waiting a while for that. Right. Um, because – right. If Kennedy has to fail, Boxberg will get another chance, Peralta has to fail. You could be looking at what, June? Late May, June? And it's a bad team. Like, there's a lot of teams now that I just kind of want to stay away from. And I know it's crazy because it's like, well, we need saves. We've got to get saves somewhere. The problem is if you're in a weekly league and you put that guy in your lineup, and they might only get one save opportunity that week. And then they're pitching in a game where, all right, we need to get this guy work. And we know how it works with closers. They get in a game, it's 10-3 in the eighth. Right. And they give up two, three runs because well, they're not as focused. It's funny you said that. Do you know who I just benched this week in labor? Michael Givens. I don't, I don't even know if he's the closer. I, mean, I know. He's, the a, he's, manager, more the, he's the effector. The, no, not even that. The manager came out and said he doesn't plan to name a closer for a while. And I could not believe that on Saturday was it. Right. Right. Got the came, save. Well, Givens comes in in the eighth inning. And I'm like, okay, they'll bring him back for the ninth. And then he didn't. And they almost blew the game. And then yesterday they put him in for the eighth. And I know he wasn't as good. But I, I'm surprised at what No, but doing. I think this goes back to Lenny Melnick's original point. I don't point think so. From, from 100 years so. ago. I don't that, think no, so. You not don't think that... No, not at all. This is a bad team that's not going to win many games. 
Like, if any, don't you want him to go two innings on Saturday to get the win? No, I do. I want him to go two innings for sure. And look, it's interesting because, see, that's why I love the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, they have Jose, Jose Alvarado, but Diego Castillo is also available to get some saves, too, and he's pretty good. You know, some of these teams have nobody, but I, I would agree with you. I want a two-inning save from Givens, but I do think that there's something about these effector roles where these guys are coming in. If, if you brought in Givens in the eighth inning to, to make sure you can make it to the ninth inning, that makes sense to me. But it depends. How many, how many pitches do you throw that in, in Saturday, on Saturday? Do you Not remember? a lot, and he didn't pitch. They were off Friday. So I don't understand why it was a 5-1 game. So, oh, why? Oh, now it's not a save. I'm going to take him out? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So I, that one I, I cannot explain. I have no idea what the thinking was there. He threw 16 pitches, 12 for strikes, an inning a hit, and he struck out three. So why wouldn't you start him to the ninth? Right. When no, you had the day off, the, you were off the day before. And if you're the Orioles, you're thinking, all right, well, we can get one against the Yankees. we got to lock this up. Givens should I, tra- best should I trade Givens now? For what? Anything. A box of a box of Krispy Kremes. He's probably their best option, but that doesn't mean the manager is going to utilize him that way. It's I'm telling so you. Tra- so I'm saying, should I trade him? You're not getting anything for him. Maybe somebody didn't didn't listen to our show. All right, I think he's the closer. You can I'm try. just asking a question. He still might be. I just don't know what they're doing. They had Castro go two innings. He pitched the sixth and seventh. So. You know, I know Wright came in and, and got two strikeouts, but... Do you think Josh Hader keeps his job? If he does, he's the number one reliever, and people who passed on him are going to be like, what the hell did I do? Um, <laughs> That's how good he is. He, yeah. Oh, he's number I mean, one by far. By he far. struck out the side on nine pitches the other day. <laughs> uh, I still think they probably want to use him in a multiple inning role. I think they'll mix and match, and Jeremy Jeffers is getting close to a return. Uh, he could go out on a rehab assignment late this week. So I think it'll probably be him and Hayter. Uh, but Hayter, if he gets 25 saves, he could even be the number one closer with the ratios he puts up. That's true. All right, who's coming on in hour number two, Adam? Uh, just me, solo. Adam Rona's doing his thing. Talking a little baseball? Yep, definitely. A L- little cricket? No cricket today. We'll save that. Okay, save that for next week's show? Yeah, we'll save it for next week. Uh, Got to build up the drama on cricket. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Remember, go to DynastyKing.com and, and be, a, be a dad. Take an orphan team and go play Dynasty League football. It's tremendous. All right, back with you tomorrow. And, of course, back to you with Adam Ronas right after this.